The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dr. Pamela Pugh, President of the Michigan State Board of Education has been elected statewide twice in Michigan by over 2 million votes. Additionally, she was the chief public health advisor during the Flint water crisis and prompted both the Obama and Trump administrations to declare the crisis as a national emergency. Today, Dr. Pugh continues to be a staunch advocate against extremist MAGA right-wing policies that censor the teaching of accurate Black American history in K-12 education as well as against policies that disenfranchise women's reproductive rights and the rights of the LGBTQ community. Additionally, Dr. Pugh is unabashed in her fight for environmental justice and gun safety reform. Plainly put, Dr. Pugh is known across the state as a fighter for the people. Dr. Pamela Pugh is currently a candidate for the United States Senate from the state of Michigan. She joins us here today. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Dr. Pamela Pugh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. We've uh, been looking forward to having a conversation about you and everything that you got going on up there. So um, what we do on this show is we start our stories at the beginning. So do our listeners a favor. Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your upbringing and what led you to the career path that you're on today. Sure. Uh, I am sitting here in Saginaw, Michigan, which is a little north of Detroit, Michigan, where I've lived 51 of my 52 years of Mm. life. And I have over 25 years of experience forging relationships with uh, partnerships with environmental justice, climate justice, economic justice, education justice of folks, as well as working with in government. Uh, I think I'm an activist at spirit, but working within government uh, to push out change and academia, as well as philanthropic community and the business community. And my focus has been around this intersection of health equity, uh, environmental justice, climate justice, and um, education justice. And so 
uh, I am elected statewide to our state board of education. I've been there for eight years. I'm currently the president of our state board of education. Michigan is unique in that we elect our state board of education statewide, mm-hmm. and then we're responsible for hiring and evaluating our state superintendent of, of public education. So we're responsible for by constitution for K through 12 education. And then uh, with a background in environmental health, um, my uh, I worked in Flint, Michigan, during one of the most horrific man-made crisis uh, that we've known uh, in this country's history. So I was the chief public health advisor uh, there and working side by side with the former mayor of Flint, as well as the people of Flint, and just making sure that we fought to have clean water coming out of taps in Flint, Michigan, that we repaired the infrastructure that was damaged and uh, part of that was repairing relationship uh, with government, which we still have a long ways to go because unfortunately our government failed uh, those people, the people of Flint. Yeah. And then making sure that we were looking at water affordability while we were doing that. So that's just a little bit about what I've been doing uh, in my life uh, over these over these past 25 years. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, you mentioned a couple of times um, working in an, an educational capacity, um, obviously being elected uh, statewide to um, the Board of Education. And that seems to be something that is very near and dear to your heart. So what is it about a move to the Senate that is so attractive to you? I just know that this is a critical time, whether we're looking at uh, the our education system that has been challenged. Just on Tuesday during our State Board of Education meeting, we had Moms for Liberty there, and that's now a group that has been defined as being an extremist group, a hate group uh, by the Southern Poverty Law Center. But we know that there are those people who are hell-bent on removing our history, uh, erasing our history of black people's history from uh, books and shelves uh, in our school buildings. We also know that that these are the same people who have pushed a hate agenda to really uh, mobilize their base uh, as it relates to our LGBTQ plus uh, um, children uh, in, in schools. And so I have been very firm in pushing against that hate uh, mongering agenda and really, um, again, was elected in 2022 and was the top vote getter in a statewide election, even though I pushed against that. Uh, but looking at what we're seeing in Florida, uh, I went to Florida a University, uh, the only uh, HBCU that's a public university, and we're seeing what's happening there where books are being pulled from shelves, but then turn the corner and look at orange skies in New York City uh, caused by uh, forest fires. And we can talk about climate change and the fact that we have to take climate action and having a background in environmental health. Uh, I know that this is a pivotal moment in our country's history. And I am a fighter and uh, a proven fighter and want to go to Washington, D.C. I know how to get there, uh, being a statewide elected uh, uh, official. So I know how to get to Washington, D.C., but more importantly, to be a voice for the people, a representative for the people as I have 
uh, and have proven to be. And so that is why I want to go to Washington, D.C. in this very critical time that we're living in. Sure, sure. Um, so I, I, I want to ask, what was that like um, experiencing or, or learning about the recent attacks on let's let's call it American history. Um, it's it's called critical race theory, but what is it like to, uh, as an educator, see that happening? And I think more importantly, what are the potential implications? Because uh, let me let me let me say it this way: there's a side of this country, if we're being fair, that has been led to believe that children's sensitivities. Uh, should be called into question when determining how to educate them and to what degree they should be educated in terms of our history in this country. And then there's another school of thought that says that this narrative is being co-opted, that this idea that children are somehow afraid is nonsense. We have generations of children who've learned some of the truth and have been fine, and now's not the time to pull back, but rather rather to educate further, and that uh, these are scare tactics and fear-mongering um, that are used to create an issue where none, no issue exists, to mobilize a base, to taking action, and children typically pull on the heartstrings. So as an educator kind of witnessing this, this happen, um, talk us through what that's like and why that was passionate, and of course, what the implications uh, could be um, either way. So first of all, let me say I'm not an educator. I I lead our education, our state education table. I am a policymaker. I'm mm-hmm. about children. Sure. I my background is public health. So to your question, and I appreciate the question as well as um, the statements that you've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went to a state senate hearing, what I said to a then uh, Republican led legislature. Uh, and on that panel, and I said, as a public health professional, this is harmful to health when you're trying to suppress uh, the voice, suppress a history, a history that, yes, a past that has been ugly, but is also an American story of resilience. But when you're trying to suppress that history to to save or to um to cause less harm for some while it's a story of much harm done to our people mm-hmm. that's a violent act mm-hmm. and you know from a public health perspective we have to speak truth we have to allow our truth to be spoken because one it happened we can't act like it did not happen but it's also an opportunity to talk about overcoming it's also an opportunity to talk about healing. It's also an opportunity um, uh, to make sure that history does not repeat itself. Any of us who have studied the Reconstruction period uh, and then the period that came after the Reconstruction period, right. the redemption period, we know that that if we don't know our history, um, we could act, we could happen to, and I think some of this is is the yeah. intent. We can roll ourselves backwards. Yeah and uh, end up having a history, uh, a repeated itself, itself. Uh, history yeah. of, of, of oppression, 
Um, and at a time where we're trying to, to beat back systems of racism, we can we can walk ourselves right back into that. So being at these decision making tables, what I say is we have to fight back. We can't fight scared. We have to uh, make sure that we call these things as as what they are. And because if we don't do that, we'll see what we're seeing now mm. is that the next marginalized population will be impacted. And that is our LGBTQ plus family. And now we're seeing that. So it started off with CRT 1619 project. Uh, we don't want uh, Maya Angelou in, on the bookshelves. We don't want Toni Morrison on the bookshelves. And now it's turning into a greater focus on our LGBTQ plus family. So we have to start when we see the hate because we know if we don't stop it right there, it's going to go to the next group. Sure, sure. Excellent. So, um, you know, you mentioned um, being a fighter and I can kind of, I can, I get a sense of that now hearing you uh, discuss these, um, these topics. I want to, I want to go back for a second. Um, you know, I saw a documentary um, some years back about the, the Flint water crisis. And you mentioned that you were, literally on the front lines um, with respect to that uh, time in our in our country and in the state of Michigan. So talk to us a bit more about that and perhaps what you learned um, during that time and how you're going to bring those lessons into your role as a senator and use that to fight for the people of Michigan and the people of the United States. Yes. Yeah, so I, I was on the ground for almost a year mm -hmm. uh, doing just talking to residents. I was there with uh, the NAACP and Jackie Patterson, who was the NAACP's um, executive director for uh, climate and environmental justice. And we were just taking the voice of people and we turned that into what was a 15 point plan that mm -hmm. then grew into a 20 point plan or priority list of things that the residents said that they needed to see in order for repair uh, and reparations to, to come about. And that list was like the first list that was being used by then president of the NAACP, Cornell Brooks, and um, uh, the mayor, Karen Weaver, as well as the local NAACP to take into the rooms uh, with the governor and other decision makers. And they used that. And it was things like, uh, for us, by us. Don't send the police uh, into the city of Flint uh, to hand out water. Um, that that can be problematic. Sure. Uh, but make sure you're sending people who can speak to our uh, Latino population. Make sure um, and undocumented people. Make sure that you can uh, that this can be an economic opportunity for those who have long had uh, suffered from uh, divestment in that community. So we had a, to, to how the pipes would be replaced. That's so for a year, that's what we were working. I was working on um, speed up. Uh, Mayor Weaver asked President Obama. I told him, look, I need somebody in my office in City Hall who can be bring the facts, bring them uh, in a timely manner and someone who I can trust. And I had been working with Dr. Monahan Atisha, who was who was the first to bring about some of these issues with data um, that we were seeing with the high lead levels in children in Flint. Yeah. So the, the, these worlds met and I and the timing was divine. 
And so I, I, I walked into that position. And what I saw was a resilient people, a people in Flint who were, uh, some will say, was the birth of the middle class, very proud people. Um, but I saw a people whose voices had just gone unheard, whose government had completely failed them. And it started with the water switch that, that the residents knew was going to be problematic. Um, but then it continued when people were seeing hair loss, when they were seeing the rashes, when they were noticing the pipes being corroded, that their government was still acting as if they, what they were seeing and experience wasn't happening. So a resilient people, but a resilient people that we cannot ever forget, a resilient people that if we forget what happened in Flint, we will see it in New Jersey, we'll see it in, um, in Ohio, we will see it in Jackson, Mississippi, we will see mm. it in Harbor. And so we cannot forget what happened in Flint, um, where they were met with injustice at every turn and step that they met with, even just recently with the previous governor, uh, Rick, Rick Snyder, who was at the helm of this water switch, just announced last week that he's getting this wonderful job. He didn't spend any time uh, in, in paying for what he did to the people. So, and then when we look at um, the payments back through the civil, through the civil suits, um, that there's those are problematic and unrealized yet to be realized there's still the harm that was done to those people could happen anywhere and so we know um, that we need leadership in washington dc that are responsive to the people that are making sure that we have government and government agencies and those who are leading those agencies who are serving the people because that's what they're there for uh, as a U.S. Senator, making sure that we're getting resources to the people and that they can use those resources in those local communities in the way that they best know how, uh, but, but really just making sure that the government does what it's supposed to do and protect people regardless of their race, regardless of their socioeconomic status. Right. Um, and so that is what I would carry uh, to Washington, D.C. And then working on the ground and seeing how we were able to bring resources into Flint. And a lot of times I was the person who was traveling with Mayor Weaver uh, to uh, then the then mayor at the time and making sure that we were uh, talking to the White House officials, to our Senate delegation our, our and Congress uh, persons and making sure that we were getting those resources to Flint. Wonderful. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. 
And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? You know who it is. It's the one and only DJ Scream, one-third of the Big Facts Podcast. Big shouts out to Big Bank. Big shouts out to Baby J. You're listening to the Black Information Network. June is Black Music Month, so make sure you listen to our podcast on the Black Effect Podcast Network or iHeartRadio app for stories from some of your favorite artists. We are here today with the president of the Michigan State Board of Education and candidate for the United States Senate from the state of Michigan. Dr. Pamela Pugh. All right, so I want to, I want to, and I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with me. I want to m- modify uh, or add to a statement that you made there. You mentioned that, um, eff- effectively, what you communicated was that what happened in Michigan could conceivably happen anywhere, and what what I've come to understand about Michigan, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that. That is a textbook example of environmental racism. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that it could happen anywhere, while I understand kind of when, when we were kind of going through this, you know, a larger mm-hmm. statement and making a larger mm-hmm. point that that could kind of get out there. Typically, we see things like that happen yes. in black and brown and poor uh, communities, yes. people without the capacity to push back and to advocate for the health of themselves and their children and the future of their community. And that affects housing prices, that affects healthcare outcomes, which already disproportionately and negatively affect black and brown people in this country, and so forth and so on. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I stated that and feel free to, to add anything there. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yes. That's okay, exactly. well then please, please, your thoughts. No, I mean, that that is exactly, we, we know that this would not have happened if it would have been one of our more affluent. Yeah, um, exactly. 
know. That's, that's what I figured you meant. I just wanted to make sure that for our I listeners, mean, they. Absolutely. <laughs> so here's what I want to ask. Um, looking forward, how do you want your leadership to impact the people of of Michigan? And then I want to ask a separate question, but very similar. But first, let's start there. How do you want uh, your leadership to impact the, the people of Michigan? You know, the people of Michigan, are we're fighters mm -hmm. uh, ourselves, and they want to have leadership that are fighters. We're hard workers. Um, and so how I want to um, make an impression is really just making sure that I carry an agenda that's about economic justice, economic mm -hmm. dignity, and looking at the pathways of how we get there. So when we talk about economic dignity, making sure that people have access to good paying jobs, I'm talking about jobs where these are family sustaining wages. I'm talking about entrepreneurial opportunities where we're not crushing people's creativity, but allowing people to create uh, and being able to earn earn a living uh, where they can have a good quality of life, uh, access to quality health care, affordable health care. They can enjoy um, uh, the day after work, but then being able to retire with dignity. And we know that a good education system is a pathway to, to get us there. Mm -hmm. An education where we're investing in our children um, and it, uh, education system here in Michigan, I'll say that we're at the bottom of the 50 states when we look at how we fund schools equitably, uh, meaning that children where there are uh, communities where there's greater, uh, lower income children, uh, where there's a higher number of English language learners and special needs, uh, children with special needs, we're at the bottom of funding there. We also know that when we look at the comparison of per pupil funding to how much we're funding for for prison for prisoners for people to go to the prisoners to prison um those costs those costs should not be in the the way that they are now we should be paying more for per pupil students but sure education is a pathway to economic dignity but we also know that we can have a healthy economy where we have um, clean jobs, uh, where we're looking at uh, renewable energy opportunities, a more sustainable pathway as we're looking at um, our energy um, choices. And that's also addressing climate. That's taking climate action. That means that we're saving our planet. We're addressing public health issues. We're reducing our dependency on foreign oil but we're also creating a pathway um, and a way to good paying jobs. So the the stamp that I would want to, to leave and the path that I would like to, to put forward is a way for us to all um, reach towards economic dignity. Okay, understood. Now, um, a lot of our listeners, uh, a lot of our listeners, of course, live in Michigan, but a lot live outside of Michigan. Um, and the spotlight that comes with being a U.S. senator also comes with the capacity to exact a degree of influence. So how do you want your leadership to impact the United States at large? 
You know, I, I think first of all, representation matters. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, there are um, no African American women at this time in the U.S. Senate. Uh, we know that um, there's only been two. Uh, the first, uh, Carol Mosley Braun, is from right here in the Midwest. So mm-hmm. we know we can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely want to make sure that I'm there representing all people here in Michigan, but all people across uh, this country and uh, bringing what we know uh, that Black women bring bring to the table. Uh, Imagine. As well. but, <laughs> but, you know, and, and just being the loud mouth that I know that I can be. Uh, sure. sure. In a diplomatic way, and um, but but being a fighter um, for people and for the issues that matter most to people here in Michigan, but those are the issues that matter to folks across this state, the um, sure. across this country, economic justice, opportunity uh, to have good paying jobs, quality of life, uh, having clean air to breathe, safe water to drink good education, strong public education system system for our for our children, having access to to quality and affordable health care, that matters to people across this country mm. and our diverse population here in Michigan. Mm. I love it. So um I have a couple more questions for you. Um but the important of the two is what makes you different from the field of candidates against which you are running? I have a proven track record. Mm-hmm. Uh, as okay. I talked about, people know that I am there speaking for the everyday person. Mm-hmm. Uh, people know that um, I have a track record of fighting uh, back when it when, when it's necessary. Uh, and I've addressed, I've been involved in crises, whether it's the gun violence, um, that is the, you know, a public health crisis that's plaguing our children in our communities. It's been plaguing our communities. And now it's the number one killer of, of, of all children uh, to, and then whether I'm talking about the crisis of, of water, clean, affordable uh, water and um, the issue of climate addressing climate, not just as uh, uh, saving our planet, but a public health issue as well as an economic opportunity. But I'm statewide elected, not Mm. once, but twice. Say it. I won in 2012 when they told me when the rest, it it was in 20, I'm sorry, 2014, um, when Republicans swept the top of the ticket. We lost our gubernatorial election. We lost Secretary of State. We lost AG on down the ticket. And when I went to the war room, I was going into the war room. They were shutting down. They said, Pam, they're like, just go to sleep. Wisdom tells us, conventional wisdom tells us that if, you, if we lost, if we lost the top of the t- all the t- governor lost, you lost. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I had the email telling me, okay, we were wrong. Congratulations. And I was the top vote getter. Mm-hmm. 2022, after pushing it back against all the hate that, and vitriol that we've experienced across the state. This, this country um, woke up and uh, well, I didn't even have to go to sleep. I won and won mm-hmm. handily. And so I'm the only uh, statewide elected, not once, 
but twice. Uh, so having a proven track record, being outspoken when it comes to standing for everyday people and the things that we value most, and then being, uh, like I said, the electability uh, factor speaks for itself. Um, and I've been consistent. So uh, those are all qualities that are very uh, easy to find about me mm -hmm. uh, and definitely differentiate me. Michigan made, you know, I've been I'm Michigan made. That way. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, before we let you go, uh, I know that there's going to be a lot of folks who maybe they live in Michigan. Shout out to all the Michiganders and the, the folks from Detroit. What up, though? Those folks will want to vote for you. But maybe there's folks outside of, of Michigan that maybe they want to keep up with your journey. Maybe they want to donate to your campaign. Maybe they want to support in some meaningful way. Before you go, will you please let our listeners know how they can plug in with you? This includes your social media, websites, email addresses, you name it. If you got a book out, if you got TV show coming, if you're about to drop a mixtape, anything, let them know. Uh, I thought about the mixtape, but I haven't gotten there yet. So uh, if they can go to pewmichigan.com, pewmichigan.com, and uh, they'll find all the social handles there because I better not start trying to call them out. Uh, but pewmichigan.com. And <clears throat> this is going to be a hard work. Most of the things that I've done have been hard work. Uh, we need people to talk to all their friends and family. If you're in Michigan, but outside of Michigan, I know you know somebody in Detroit, Flint, Saginaw, uh, somewhere in Michigan, you know someone. And uh, I should shout out Grand Rapids as well. But just making sure that you're reaching out to, to the people, your people in Michigan. But um, donations. We definitely uh, need donations. This this will be a huge undertaking. But this is a grassroots campaign, and we need people to go into the website. Go to the website. They can sign up to volunteer. Uh, and if they're outside of the state of Michigan, they can go there to volunteer too, because uh, we will be doing phone banking, phone calling, uh, and so as we've seen with these other with the other Senate races. These will be nationalized races. And we know in 2024, this would be a huge election year, not only for the senatorial race, but also for uh, the presidential race. So, and Michigan is a critical state for that as well. Sure. So I want to make sure I get that right for our listeners. Uh, Pew, Michigan, that's P-U-G-H. That's Got correct. That? That's okay. P-U-G-H, Michigan.com. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, wonderful. Well, I, I tell you what. You're an inspiring person. I love what you stand for. And it's been a total joy. So I'd like to thank you for coming on and sharing your thoughts and your insights and your platform and your successes and your future successes uh, with us here at the Black Information Network. Once again, our guest is the president of the Michigan State Board of Education and candidate for the United States Senate from the state of Michigan, Dr. Pamela Pugh. Thank you for having me. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, 
Ramses Ja on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.